Hey friends, welcome to the Stitch Strong podcast with your hosts, Candice and Kerry, the podcast where we dive deep into the threads of generational trauma, mental health, healing, and relationships. Tune in for authentic conversations, expert guests, and practical tools for personal growth. Let's stitch ourselves stronger one episode at a time. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Stitch Strong podcast with myself, Candice and Kerry. Um, So following on from our sequence around the father wound, uh, we have already released episodes on, um, you know, what a father wound is and how it shows up in relationships and and things like that. So if you haven't listened to those already, please do. Um, But what we want this episode to be more around is giving you free, useful, useful, useful tools or um, practices to do that has literally changed our lives in terms of um, healing or overcoming whatever we want to call it the father wound and you know reprogramming our body and our minds from that so that we can have a healthier relationship with ourselves and with others when we have experienced a part of a father wound so today we're going to be diving into those three different techniques um hi Kerry hi Um, I'm excited for us to talk about this yes absolutely so why don't you kick us off with one of our uh, the techniques that we have decided have been life-changing for us so if you are working to heal from a father wound one of the techniques that you might find helpful is inner child healing work this is everywhere nowadays it's become a mainstream modality for working through many childhood um experiences adverse childhood experiences and inner child healing work can look a lot of different ways but i would say to drill it all down it is working with your little self to rewire the way that your brain views yourself, remembers those memories, and experiences the world today. So we have our our inner child, where oftentimes when we're responding from a place of fear, it's because we're letting our inner child be in the driver's seat. Then we have our present day selves, and then we have our future selves. And our future selves are really our wiser selves. We can look at that as our inner mentor. Um, And so what you want to do with your inner child work is ask the child in you what it believes about who you are, about the world, about your relationships. And oftentimes what you'll find is those beliefs are not true. Those beliefs were once true, but they no longer are today and they no longer serve you. So when we're dealing with father wounds, a belief that might come up from your inner child is that I am not worthy. My father wasn't around because I am not worthy. But that's not true. As you age, as you heal, you know that as much as we want the world to be all about us as children, it's not. Our parents have their own hurts and hangups that they're working through or not working through. And oftentimes we feel um, and we unfortunately 
get the residue of them not healing. Um, and so your job in inner child work is to rewire that belief that you are worthy and that no, you, people are not going to abandon you or leave you. And you can do this through affirmation work. You can do this through different sorts of therapy, like EMDR trauma therapy. You can do this through meditation, visualization. You can even do this through breath work in some ways. If you, I, I have worked with people who have done some amazing um, guided questions that will connect you with your inner child. So I'm curious for you, Candice, what have been some of the ways that inner child work has helped to heal your father wound and what different modalities have you found work the best? Yeah, perfect. So thank you for sharing that. That was a good intro to it. Um, So I'm a big advocate of inner child healing. It's what I do with all my clients. Um, Personally, because I feel like it really shifted massive things for me with my trauma. So I spoke about um, on a previous episode that you know, my father wound was showing up with like, if anyone was trying to leave me in a relationship or just try and um, get some space from me, it created this like feeling inside of myself that was anxiety. And what I was able to realize within a child work was that that was just really my inner child that was really scared. Um, And so for me, the way that I use it a lot is to um, soothe her. I work with her to soothe her and be like, it's okay, you are so safe. And like, you know, what is so powerful about inner child work is like, you can literally connect with your inner child, you can actually hug them and you can feel that love. You can give them all the comfort and the soothing that they um, they need and they deserve right now. And, um, you know, it's really powerful in that respect. And one other way that I see... Um, it really changes things for people and and for myself is that a lot of us grew up in experiences where we weren't validated, our feelings weren't validated, we weren't seen and heard. So a lot of the time when we're actually triggered, it's actually just the fact that our inner child doesn't feel seen and heard and validated. So it's actually brilliant because you get to actually sit with them and be like, what do you need to say? Like, I see you, I hear you, I validate you, it's okay. So those are some of the ways that I find really powerful um, to do and connect with. And, you know, the other thing I would say is that it can be really fun once you once you have that connection with your inner child I literally think of a little child with me all the time like I'm like if I'm watching animation movies I'm like what does she want to watch because I know she used to love those or if I'm in cute pajamas that are just like so childlike but I'm like it's so cute it's that fun side of you where she just gets to be innocent and play and so there's lots of different ways to do it but it's ultimately you know, going back to that version of yourself that, you know, maybe didn't always feel safe or didn't feel always soothed. And you get to be that parent for that child now because that child is still very, very, very much alive inside of you. And it is running the show. Like it is running the show in your relationships and everything that you do. So you want to make sure that she or he are is feeling good and feeling safe and, and getting her needs met or his needs met so that, you know, they stop taking over because you're in control. So that is how I find um, inner child healing has literally changed my life and, and changes other people's life. I love what you say too about the positive experiences because I think we've said on this podcast before 
a lot of healing work is reparenting yourself and giving yourself the things that you weren't given as a child, whether it be validation or whether it be a trip to Disney, where you as an adult can spark that inner child joy and excitement and love of life, even though you may not have had that sort of experience as a child. So that's really beautiful. And that is another great way to tap into connecting with your inner child is doing some of the things you love to do as a child and stop doing over the years, skateboarding, painting, riding horses, whatever it is, or maybe something you always wanted to do as a child and weren't given the opportunity to do. So that's, that's a great way to think about it too. Yeah. And um, that actually leads us very much into our second tip, which is what you spoke about in terms of like the beliefs that you pick up as a child as to like, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm, you know, people leave me, things like that. That is the second um, tool or hack or whatever you want to call it technique that I think is so important to um, rewiring our mindset and actually it's a really 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 simple 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 one to do it just takes consistency consistency and repetition so you know to rewire those beliefs it's like affirmations are are life-changing like they've literally changed my life and you know I know you're going to speak a bit about like reframing that story you know like you just said right there of like if a parent leaves you it's not about you but a child will see that as it's about them so you know with affirmations or you know even writing a paragraph you can write a paragraph that rewires that whole story you can reframe that whole story whatever you feels good for you or you might be speaking it out but it's definitely um changing that story for yourself in the way that you need to to know that you are worthy and it wasn't about you or people don't leave you it doesn't you know even if that might have been the case once upon a time holding on to that belief is only going to create more of that for you so you want to change that for yourself yeah I think affirmations are wildly powerful and I think if you're using affirmations to heal childhood wounds that the more specific you can be in your affirmations to who you are and what you've been through, the more powerful they'll be. So instead of just looking in a mirror and saying, I'm beautiful, I'm amazing, I'm intelligent, I'm kind, really looking at the limiting beliefs and identifying the limiting beliefs that you hold about yourself, and then very specifically rewriting those. So if you have a father wound and your belief is, my father left me, therefore everyone will leave me because I'm not worthy, then your affirmation should be, I had a hard childhood, but I am lovable and worthy. And the people who are in my life stay and affirm that I am and lovable, worthy, and they're not going to leave me. You know, like just being as specific as you can be will, it's powerful, right? You've experienced this. Yeah, definitely. You can literally be like, you know, my effort, I'm, I'm in too important to lose. Who would dare leave me? You get to empower yourself with that. Just think about, you know, if you don't do that, then you're, then you're living by the belief of like, everyone leaves me. And just the difference in that is the shift of like, no, I'm too important to lose because you are too important to lose. And it was never, ever, ever about you. And you want to have that belief in yourself. So yeah, whatever that looks like for you, and you should always do it in your own kind of words, um of what feels right to you but yeah like exactly what you said like 
um, being specific to whatever your fears are and re- reprogramming that for you. And and one one little tip and trick here too is there's power in repetition. And when you are creating new pathways in your brain, you need repetition. And the way that I've heard it described is if you imagine there is a huge snowstorm and you have to carve out a path that you can get from your front door to the mailbox. Well, if it's snowing, 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 you have to keep carving out that path daily. And then eventually the path becomes more noticeable and it becomes more permanent and the ground, you know, it really starts to set in. That's what you're doing in your brain when you're doing affirmations. And so even if you don't believe it at first, power makes, or practice makes perfect. Um, And there's power in that practice. So just keep doing it and use little tricks like I'm going to set my passwords to some of these affirmations so that every time you open your computer, you're typing in, you know, I am loved, I am worthy, whatever it may be. Yeah. And what I would say with that is to, to be as consistent with it as possible. I would, you know, make a routine for yourself five minutes of a day, morning and after evening would be most ideal but whatever time you have and just keep telling yourself it and at first your ego mind will be like um no but that's not true and that's okay because you get to choose what your what your mind says so you can just be like no no it is true this is this is it and you just keep repeating it and I promise you your mind will stop fighting you and then you'll start believing it eventually and it's just all repetition And then another powerful practice and exercise when you're thinking about rewriting these beliefs about yourself and about your past is to pick up a pen and write. So writing letters to your child self and then writing letters from your future self to your current self are powerful ways to undo old beliefs and to write new stories. So thinking about, you know, what would you presently say to your child self and really just pouring love into your child self and, you know, letting them know, even though you're going through hell right now, there's so much good to come for you. And you are going to not only survive, but thrive. And you are going to go on to do X, Y, Z. And when you're encouraging your child self, it may seem cheesy and may feel like, a silly practice, but again, you're carving out a new pathway in your brain. And then when you're doing the practice of taking your future self and writing to your present self, that's manifestation. You're creating something new. You are telling yourself that you are worth it and that you can do it and that that the possibilities are limitless. So some of these practices may seem a little like woo-woo, but they're powerful. So just trust them. Yes, I totally, totally agree with that. Great, great tip. Um, Okay, and then the third, 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 third um, hack or technique that we recommend, um, it's not even a technique, it's something called nervous system regulation. Um, I know this is quite popular over the internet now, so it is a bit more known, but I cannot tell you how much I wish this was more known <laughs> when we were kids and we're, or when we were, you know, younger, because it is literally the key for everything, especially when you've experienced trauma. The trauma literally lives in your body. So it's the reason why, you know, you might say, um, I'm not going to be triggered by something, but you're triggered because it's living there. 
And so the key to that is actually being able to self-soothe yourself, which is nervous system regulation. And what is great now is that there are so many different ways for you to do it. So there's some ways that might not resonate with you. Like there's certain things that I don't necessarily like to do and certain things I do do, but making it a part of your lifestyle and something you enjoy and you want to do is like your best way to just ensure that your nervous system is always kind of regulated as much as possible so that if anything does come up and you ever do feel triggered you can you know you're in a good place in 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 one way um at least because you've had some of that regulation so I know we were talking about some of the ways that you can do that um everyone has different ways for me breath work is very powerful EFT tapping is very powerful for me um, inner child healing is definitely in one way that regulates your nervous system as well. Um, but there are different, you know, exercise is definitely a form of it. Uh, yoga is definitely a form of it. Meditation is definitely a form of it. Um, and yeah, I'd love to hear from you, Kerry. Like what, what do you do to regulate your nervous system? What's your way of doing it? Yeah. I, so, and I think, you know, it's important to understand that the nervous system really is your stress your stress system is another way to think about it. And so the nervous system is what, um, what activates our fight or flight or freeze responses. So you learn about this when you're in elementary school or, or really young, where they talk about animals and how animals will go into fight, flight, or freeze. But we as humans, we do that. And if your nervous system is always activated because you've experienced a lot of scary situations, then that becomes your default. And there's so many consequences when that is your default, consequences to your relationships, consequences to your health, consequences to, again, how you view and interact with the world. And there are studies on longevity that the more that you can regulate your nervous system, the more that you can prolong your life. And so there's so many benefits to nervous system regulation. And it's not a term I was familiar with before I started going to therapy years ago. And I remember going to my very first therapy session and sort of explaining what I was going through at the time. I had a lot of grief, had just lost two people in my life. And the therapist asked me, what are your coping mechanisms? And I thought that was so weird. I'm like, I'm here. I'm in therapy. This is my coping mechanism. And she's, she started giving examples of different coping mechanisms. And some of her examples were like lighting a candle, right? And it's these very, it seems like simple things, but they have a sensory impact to you, right? That you light a lavender candle and that can be very calming to your nervous system. Um, Things like having a fuzzy blanket, things like yoga, as you said, Things like gardening can regulate your nervous system. Just things that bring you out of that fight, flight, or freeze where, you know, you are doing something that calms you, you are doing something um, that releases stress. So there's a really good book called The Transformation um, by Dr. James Gordon. And he talks about the ancient ways that our ancestors would regulate their nervous system through things like dancing around a fire through art, through um, screaming sometimes, just really releasing that trauma or stress. 
So there's so many different ways to regulate your nervous system and it's something to be prioritized and it's a huge healing modality. Yeah, I love that. And actually it just reminded me, my actual favorite is walking in nature because you can't feel any anxiety when you're in nature. Everything goes away. It like takes it away from you. But I love that you've just like explained cute things like the candle and the blanket and things like that. And, you know, they're like comforts. I guess nervous system regulation is being soothed. It's being comfortable instead of being anxious worried stressed whatever it is so I guess you can look at it that way and you want to live a comfortable life we deserve to do it and especially if we've experienced you know trauma as children we you know we deserve that peace as everyone does but one thing I just want to add to that is that nervous system regulation if you are in relationships and you've experienced trauma if you have like an anxious attachment style nervous system regulation and god I wish I knew this is so important because you know, naturally, when you have an abandonment wound, you will see things from the lens of fear. So if a partner takes a long time to respond, you will start to think, oh, my God, they're losing interest. Who are they with? Are they leaving me? And so nervous system regulation stops that from kicking in, stops that trigger from kicking in so that you can just be like, no, no, they're just busy. They're okay." and come from a more secure place. Um, So it's really key for doing that if you if you can. Yeah. And, and one of the things about it is what you're describing is that our nervous system is an amazing design because it's designed to keep us safe. And so what would keep you safe as a child experiencing some of the things that you may have experienced doesn't necessarily keep you safe as an adult. And the things that were dangerous to you as a child, some interactions in your adult life may remind you of that experience, but it's not the same. And so you have to tell your brain and your nervous system, I'm okay, I'm not in danger, which is what you're describing, Candy, is that if you have these moments in adult relationships where the reaction doesn't fit the action, you're probably being triggered from something that happened in your childhood. Did I say that right? If the reaction doesn't fit the action you're probably being triggered yeah and what I will always say is that most times when you're triggered it's always about the past it's never about the present and so we have to be careful because that's where we end up sabotaging relationships if we don't recognize this is actually coming from the past um and it's creating that that sabotage for us but um one thing I just wanted to say, which has just gone out of my head. Um, what was you saying? Oh my God. Um, oh, when, you, when you get it back, it's, it's very true that you can't let your past dictate your present. Yeah. So just what Kerry just said is so important. And I just want to expand on that slightly. So what I said about when you're reprogramming these beliefs and your fearful mind will come in and say, no, no, but you are always left. That is actually just fear trying to keep you safe. It's trying, it, it thinks that, hold on, we've learned people do leave us. So let's not have these relationships. Let's keep ourselves safe. Let's not, let's just sabotage them because it's not safe. That's how it sabotages us because it's the fear trying to protect us, but it's not protecting us because, you know, it's rewired, it's wired on beliefs from childhood and not actually the what's happening there. If your partner is not leaving you, then it's not relevant to that situation. And it's, you know, almost creating that. So yeah, that's where we want to really change fear and, and challenge fear wherever you can for your body and your mind to reprogram the father wound and any other kind of trauma that you have in that respect. 
It's so funny when you think about the nervous system and you think about how it's such an intelligent design and that it reminds me of like robots. Like you program a robot to do one thing and it does it so specifically, but then it's like you have to tell the robot new commands so that it can realize the nuances in life and the nuances of a task or something. That's basically what we have to do as humans. We have to sometimes reprogram our brains to understand there's nuance. It's not so black and white that, you know, we have to evolve. So I don't know if that metaphor hits, but to me, that's what we're talking about all of this. Yeah. I love it. That's exactly what it is. It's literally like, you know, a film has gone into a projector and it's projecting out everything so you want to you know what we get to do and what you have to do because you want to take control of it or it's just going to project out all of the old rubbish you want to change that for yourself so that it's projecting good things that you like and it feels good and all of those different things and you stop sabotaging your relationships so yeah you're literally just rewiring it um which is actually easier said that easier than people think but it just takes a bit of consistency but I can't tell you how much it is worth it and it is totally possible and yeah so I think that's all I've got to say on those things I think we gave some incredible credible tips there do you, is there anything else that you wanted to add before we we no. head on? to add on my end hopefully that you guys feel more equipped on thinking through father wounds well thank you for listening and we will see you again on the next episode that's a wrap for this episode of stitch strong if you enjoyed today's episode don't forget to subscribe rate and leave a review you can keep up with us on instagram by following at stitch strong until next time remember healing is a process not a destination